0: Hello friends and welcome to your Monday edition of the Kings of Anger Ipswich Town podcast and what a happy Monday it is friends. Ipswich Town winning again at Peterborough, a place they uh, normally struggle, not a happy hunting ground, London Road. But they swept the posh aside 3-0. few stats to kick off with today friends. 16 games unbeaten now for Ipswich Town. They've won 11 of their last 12 games and they just need five more points from their last three games to get to the land of milk and honey which is the championship. I am Mark Heath. I'm your host and I'm joined, I'm pleased to say, by my friends and yours, the Wet Bandits, Stewie and Andy. Stewie, you raised your eyebrows there. You know who the Wet Bandits are? No. Should I? They're, they're the burglars from Home Alone,
1: friend, who you've been uh, likened to. I wasn't aware that that's what they were called. As yeah. As a duo.
0: What were you thinking <laughs> when I said Wet Bandits? Um, I had no <laughs> idea. <laughs> No, you are the Wet Bandits boys. The, the likeness is uncanny,
2: as you discussed. Um, Hutchie, how are you feeling about that house things? I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Stuart, quick, um, didn't really need to say this on the pod, but you left your, your bandit hat in the car. If, in case you're wondering where your little bandit hat, little woolly hat was, is in the car. So I've got it Thank in you. the bag. Yeah. So we shall rob it. We shall rob the houses of Barnsley again on, the, on Tuesday night. We've got all our kit.
0: Yes, like it. Flood the pitch afterwards. Friends. Let's start there then, shall we? Ipswich Town won again. God, it's getting dull now, isn't it? Um, At Peterborough at the weekend, a place that they normally struggle. And obviously, there's there's some nightmarish performances there in seasons past. 3-0. Stewie, do you want to kick us off? Where do you want to to start with this one? They're all right this side, aren't they?
1: Yeah, 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 they're all right, aren't they? Um, As I said in our video afterwards with Andy, running out of things to say about this team. Now, this was... In many ways, just like the Derby and the Bolton wins on the road, where it had a bit of everything, as McKenna said afterwards, a complete performance. Yes, it had the quality at the top end of the pitch with the goals, but it also had some uh, resilient defending as well when required at times. Uh, Christian Walton coming up with some saves when called upon. There's an argument that Walton was was their man of the match. Um, mm. But that, that suggests that it was a game that Ipswich were under the caution. They really weren't. They um I didn't I didn't think Peterborough got their their setup right from the start. They went they went a bit more defence-minded, which was which is a huge huge credit to Ipswich in terms of how they're playing. And and they only really gave it a go when they were two-nil down for a sort of 10-15 minute spell. I think Darren Ferguson admitted as much themselves. But um yeah, a fully, a fully deserved win. 3-0 at Peterborough. Um as I said, it's it's feeling very, very close now, isn't it? But um, we're still not there yet. One game at a time. Come on. Let's not look at the table just yet. Hutchie,
0: uh, as we said, you you were both confident going into this game, which feels unusual going to Peterborough, in fact, saying you're confident. Were you surprised, though, with the, the result, the final score? I mean, 3-0 is a, is a pretty impressive hoshi.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, I'm not surprised they won. I, I was expecting them to win. Maybe, yeah, maybe a bit surprised with the way it came about. But I- Ipswich, Ipswich had control of all areas of the pitch really for the vast majority of that. They had they had a few issues here and there, but um, not really that surprised. Mark and like Stu says, it's, it's hard to it's hard to find new ways of saying just how good they are.
0: Shall we? Um... Obviously, the temptation is to start with the with the goals, but Steve, so you've already touched on it there. Christian Walton and the defence were lauded after this game. Conor Chaplin said it was the first thing they talked about and clapped after the game. And again, in all the things that we, we risk being blasé about, this town, it's team winning games, scoring all these goals, incredible support again, obviously almost four thousand people, four thousand fans at Peterborough. The the clean sheets and the reliable reliability of the backline is something that could be overlooked and mixed all the other kind of exciting things going on, Mm -hmm. Stewie. But that's obviously been an absolute bedrock of the success of this side.
1: Yeah, we keep sort of going back to what's changed for this run. Mm. And McKenna and the players insist, not a lot, nothing really. We've just carried on doing what we've been doing all season. Um, The difference is some some of those fine margin games are are now tipping that way. Am I allowed to say fine margins, by the way? Now, I, I, I note that that's been put on the cliche list. I think fine uh, margins is back cliche, the I don't one. know
0: I don't know why where else you'd say that in your everyday
1: life a fine margin affair you could say that about a lot of things about football um <laughs> anyway the games that were draws during yeah. that sort of Christmas either side of the Christmas period what's tipping them towards wins now obviously the January signings I think is is the major thing but we, we there was a time where we were talking about Christian Walton maybe being under pressure if you remember there was a pod in and Hadkey came in and had a couple of decent yep. FA Cup performances. Walton has got back to his his top, top standards. He wasn't in terrible form. He just wasn't hitting his own same heights as before. Same, same can be said of Wes Burns as well. Um, so during this recent run, yes, Ipswich have been dominating games and deserving to win, but Walton has come up with some big moments, penalty saves, big moments when when called upon, and that was the case again uh, on Saturday with um, with a couple of good saves. Well, more than a couple of good saves, but a couple in particular just before half time um, mm. that that kept Ipswich in it. To
0: and also, you have to kind of mention Wolfenden Burgess, that entire back line, don't you, Hutchie? Because I know in your ratings, you I think you gave them both nines. Again, because Town are scoring so many goals, winning so many games, it's, it would be easy to overlook their their contribution.
2: Yeah, they're a proper pair now, aren't they? That this is this maybe is the second or third coming as of them as a pair. There was a time where it was a bit more fluid. Obviously, when George Edmondson was fit, there were times when he played. There were games where Richard Keogh played. But since these two have come back together again as mm. a pair, they've um, they formed a proper partnership. Cameron Burgess. The improvement in Cameron Burgess over the last year under Kieran McKenna has been incredibly impressive, similar to the arc that Luke Wolfenden had within last season at the start of um, Kieran McKenna's reign as a manager. Both of those players are poster boys for the coaching that's 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 going on at Playford Road. they both made huge improvements, um, and they're a proper pair, proper central defensive pair who have got a bit of everything. Burgess, we know, can be a dominant player aerially, but the big improvement from him has come in terms of positioning um and his work on the ground where he mm. he he's comfortable with the ball. He plays the ball. He's a part of getting town moving. Um, Wolfenden's always had that. But they but they've they've just formed a proper, solid partnership with with two full backs of course who are who are very attack minded. Um, and it just all works. They found found a system that's working for them.
1: Burgess coming into the team sort of coincides with this this runner form as well, doesn't it? I think it does provide that left-footed balance that they lacked. So many of the things that we talked about after that Bristol Rovers draw, we Mm. wanted the team selection to be more consistent. That's happened. Um, They they needed to be more clinical. They were dominating games, having loads of chances, but not necessarily being ruthless enough. Well that's now happened obviously with in, in large part to the to the January signings that have come in. Um and we needed a couple of players just to to get back to their their top levels again, which Walton has done, which Burns has done. Um so yeah, everything has all come together to create this this remarkable run. We always felt that it was in them. All season we've been saying they could go on a run at any moment. They could give someone a beating a real big beating at any moment. Just those final little bits of the jigsaw of uh, falling into place. And that's what's created this ridiculous run, quite frankly. What is it? 10, 10 wins from 11, 35 goals scored, two against during that run. That's just just mad.
0: 11 wins from 12, Stu.
1: 12, sorry. 11 from 12. There you go. I think, though, what the main takeaway
0: from that, that conversation there, Stu, was that we, we turned this round. We, we said <laughs> did we not everything that needed to change and fair enough to the boys they
1: listened clearly took it on board and did it so it's all down to us yeah I wouldn't go that far but I also try and take <laughs> solace from the fact that hopefully those sort of pieces and conversations we had at that time haven't completely dated I don't think it were quite in sort of egg on your face territory I think that, that I still maintain that a lot of the things that were being spoken about at that time were valid and the things mm. that have happened since then, kind of back that up rather than fly in the face of it. Um, I think they've been a little. I think they've mixed up their play a little bit more from from that time onwards as well. I think they've, um, you know, they're not suddenly become direct overnight, but they mix it up a little bit more over over the last few weeks as well. So, yeah, it's all coming together rather nicely, isn't it? But um, we're not there yet, as I keep saying. <laughs> <laughs> Hutchie, should we talk about the goals? What had you? Uh, which of the which of the strikes
0: had you purring in the press box? I know you're a noted purrer in the press box, or if that's a, I don't know what that would be, sharp intake of breath. The rest meme, yeah. The um, second one.
2: Which which one had you most in taking breath sharply? Goal two. Chaplin's finish oh. from broadheads passed. There were two two chances to <laughs> out there. The part the, the pass, the pass and the finish.
0: Yeah, it that was tremendous, wasn't it? Absolutely tremendous. Um, we've we've spoken at length about about Minty and how good he's been, but absolutely ridiculous. And then Freddie, boys, super sub. I know he won't be tagged as a super sub, but that was a that was a cracking finish to hit twenty. I know he's not twenty in the league, Hutchie, but twenty overall for the season. What a finish, Stewie!
1: Yeah, brilliant. As um, as we keep saying, it's uh, it would have been very easy for him to to lose his head a little bit, having just got himself into really good form. Then George Hurst arrives and he's he's playing this sub role, but he's he's doing it very well and uh, took that nicely. It was hard to see on the replays, but I, first thought, first glance, I thought he'd taken it on his chest mm. and swiveled and, and volleyed it in. I think it might be off his thigh, but um, good strength to uh, to hold the defender off and and set himself up and and produce that finish. And yeah, his goals per minute ratio will be very, very high given that he's he's not started a, a huge number of games, 20 something games um this season. Those starts have been pretty fragmented as well. Mm. Most he ever got was three starts in a in a row. Yeah. So um yeah he you can file Freddie Ladapo when this season hopefully finishes the way that we we think and believe it will he'll he, you know his contribution, Janoy Denasian's contribution Uh, you can go through several players that that are there's already graphics of the kind of the team now that will kind of be remembered and reeled off um, for years to come but people like freddie shouldn't be sort of forgotten their contribution in all of this mckenna was talking recently about about
2: the improvement in ladapo and getting used to what how mckenna works how this team plays improving by the week and i think I think a big improvement is, is his ability from the bench because earlier in the season, he, he was not a player that particularly enthused me coming off the bench. He, took, he struggled to get into games, struggled to get up to speed with games. But recently, he's been brilliant off the bench. He's done exa- exactly what the team needed of him. He, he uses his strength in the right way. He moves well. He, takes, he holds it up, good positions, finishes, gets up to the speed of the game really, really quickly. And that's not easy to do. Mm. Um, so just another example there of of what he's of how he's worked his way into this into this team into this season and and like Stu says is a re- really important part of what they're hopefully going to achieve. Mm. What
0: did, what did you make of Peterborough, Stewie? Because we said before, obviously, Town traditionally do not fare well at Peterborough United, and and Darren Ferguson after the game was absolutely fuming, but absolutely fuming. He was um, saying that they essentially completely underperformed.
1: He said he was angry about their, their display. Would, uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, I was pretty underwhelmed by them. Um, Ipswich have faced Johnson Clark Harris twice this season, and he's not had much of a sniff in, in either of the two games. You wouldn't have watched him over the course of those 180 minutes and thought he was this goal machine that, that he is. Mm. He had the one chance from the edge of the box that Walton did well to save just before half time, but in general kept him very quiet. Um, I feel like they kind of got caught between a rock and a hard place. They were, Their game, naturally, is all-out attack. We'll score more goals than you. And it has been since Ferguson's returned. Um, but I think they were a bit too wary and scared of really taking on it, switch toe-to-toe. Hmm. And so Ferguson's kind of switched from his usual 4-2-3-1. He went to three at the back as a bit more of an insurance policy. Um, and... Yeah, as I say, it was only when they went 2-0 down that they really gave it a go and it was too late by that point. I think really in hindsight, they should have just thrown caution to the wind and just made it the sort of game that we we're expecting, that yeah. wide open game of football. But instead, they kind of tried to make it into more of a derby type match, a real sort of a, a scrap and feisty and um, it made it quite a bitty first half. And, uh you know, in years in years gone by, in the early stage of Ipswich Town's League One journey, those were the sort of games that they'd come unstuck in. But that's what I also liked about this game. We, we'll, we can wax lyrical about the goals that they're scoring, but they roll their sleeves up. They're ready to dig in and, and fight as well and earn the right to play. Um, this isn't just a, a really technically gifted team. Um, you had Morsi in the thick of it in midfield. Luongo, now you've got a, the two of them. Hmm. You've got two fighters in the middle of the pitch now. Um, and you can say the same sort of all, all over the pitch, really, can't you? Even Broadhead, to be fair, when he first came in, we talked about him being maybe a bit of a bit of a flair player. He's not used to kind of pressing high and, and all of that sort of stuff. I think even he's showing his worth off the ball now. Just game by game, you can see him battling for more headers and closing mm. people down. I thought Hurst absolutely ran himself into the ground we, we talked with, you know, a lot of praise for Freddie Ladapo, but he, he just seemed to be stuck in sprint mode. It's like you're having a game of FIFA where someone just doesn't take the, their finger off the trigger. He just seemed to, he'd charge the goalkeeper down and then he'd turn around and sprint 40 yards back to to sort of chase the ball down. So that that really sort of stopped Peterborough getting any supply line into their front players. Um, yeah, from front to back they, defensively, this was a really good performance. Actually, this may be a little bit unfair,
0: this next question, given that um we're just saying obviously they've not done it yet and they're one game at a time and all that kind of stuff but we talked there about key partnerships emerging at the club wolfenden burgess morsey luongo if and when town go up into the championship can you see those kind of combos continuing to have success at the next level
2: um i don't i don't see why not that's there's an awful long way to go before that's that is yes. an unfair question. Yeah, you're correct. Um, I don't see why not. That's all I'm going to say. They're good players, they're good, they're good, they're good partnerships. There will be change if if Dipswich get promoted, there will be changes to this team. players will come into it, I'm sure. Yeah, but um, they, they're a very,
1: very good football team. So I'm a little, not? I am a little bit, I can see why people are now starting to skip ahead because when you've won 11 games out of 12 and you're in the form that you've got it does feel very close Mm. but all of a sudden there seems to be a lot of talk about how well equipped is is this team next year in the championship and will there be a pitch invasion if they do it on saturday against exeter they're going to barnsley on tuesday night Um, there is one big hurdle still to overcome if they can get through tuesday night think i'd be a bit more comfortable approaching some of those sort of questions they're natural i get it everyone's on a high at the moment but um yeah so pipe let's just, down, the, heath, is what let's just saying. hold let's just hold fire on some of that stuff at the minute let's you not know tempt me fate. you know me boys excitable like a child i
2: see you mark heath yeah <laughs> I see
1: what you're trying to
0: do. <laughs> yeah i consider my knuckles firmly wrapped there by a the pair of you um any other notes in from from peter but before we move on there's a lot to talk about um Today, so is there anything else you wanna you wanna mention from Peterborough? I know Sam Morsey was getting a lot of a lot of praise again um, over the weekend, and Hutchie gave him a very high score in the ratings, as everyone got, I think, pretty much. Anything else you want to mention, boys? Before we move on,
1: uh, the atmosphere in general, yep. I think, uh, just just the usual doff of the cap to the, the away fans. We turned up at about half 12, one o'clock. Uh, parked in that big car park just over the road from uh, Lon- London Road Stadium. And as soon as you opened your car door, there was a waft of Ipswich Town chants sort of carrying on the wind from the various pubs in the city centre. Uh, they, yeah, started, I think they started very early in the morning um, and it went all the way through. And it, And our day was then finished getting into our car at about half six, seven o'clock and a few Ipswich fans staggering back across the car park heading to an, uh, another drinking hole um they enjoyed their day and uh, right rightfully so they made fantastic noise from start to the end almost four thousand of them um once again just in, incredible scenes when the goals went in um people tumbling down the steps and our photographer was wor- very worried about uh, the well-being of some of them went down quite hard <laughs> over advertising hoardings and concrete steps and things but um I'm sure if it's just a few bumps and bruises, they they won't mind at all because, yeah, these are away days to cherish.
2: I saw something outside London Road that I'd never seen before, um, before the game, Mm. and it it gripped me. Uh, Two words for you. Ketchup Ketchup udder. What? That sounds hellish. What the hell is a ketchup udder? Hanging from a burger van outside London Road was a big container with a silicon teat oh, no. the corner, underneath <laughs> and the idea is you squeezed it but it didn't I, I i really wanted to partake and have a go at it but i yeah. didn't but I, you just it's just hanging there and you squeeze the, the ketchup from it onto your burger
1: it was hanging on like a metal hook that you would see in a butcher's you know that you would say, yeah how big was uh, yeah.
0: this how big was said udder Oh, so it wasn't massive. Several liters of ketchup. That's the other
2: size. That's the like the the teat was like that.
0: The squeezable teat was the size of your water bottle.
2: More like more like this. Okay. Wow. That screen cleaner, a
1: laptop screen cleaner. You know, you say Andy is. You've never you you don't ever see him get excited by stuff. It's not just th- me. I think.
0: Th- I think you would agree that he's generally not excitable.
1: Uh, yeah, and there, there is an element of truth to that. But I yeah. would say this is up there in terms of the most excited <laughs> I've seen him. He kept, I was, come on, right, let's go and get our passes. Let's get in, and he just kept like he'd walk about ten yards away from said, said udder, yeah, and then he, he would just sort of gravitate back to it, and he kept sort <laughs> of putting his hand up to it. it I wanted to see I, someone. I really use want to it. give it a go.
0: Why didn't you it? just not partake, Hutchie? I mean, you're not you're not spending lot that much money, surely, on a burger or a hot dog to, to use the. I don't be worth the worth the outlay. Wow. It? no,
1: no. You could have just other... serviced other people buying burgers just, <laughs> to, like, <laughs> care just for, the, a, the care other for man. a squeeze.
0: Yeah. Hi, I'm Andy. I'll be your other squeezer this afternoon. Uh, <laughs> would you like a big squeeze or a small squeeze? um ketchup and udder are two of the uh the the least appealing words put together in the english language and the images it's the the images it's creating are not happy ones for me um boys so but yeah i I can appreciate the excitement around if you used said ketchup teat let us know um let us know how 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 it was for you um friends shall we move on from peterborough and and ketchup udders is there anything else you want to mention
1: uh, I don't think so. It's yeah, it's just another really good performance, isn't it? I don't think there's a whole lot to break down, other than that they were they were clinical in attack, they were they were strong in defence. They they won pretty much all that, as Andy said, they won pretty much all the battles all over the pitch. So um, yeah, another one, another one ticked off.
0: All I'm going to take away from this is ketchup udder. That's all I'm going to remember. From that's this, I don't this know pot. if that's and the official name. About, every time I think about Peterborough. That's what I'm going to be thinking about now. Um, anyway, friends, shall we move on? Draw a line under under that. Another win. Team are not bad at all, are they? Um, there were some big awards happening in London last night, the EFL Awards, which I think in terms of a news um, podcast, we better talk about. Before that, though, just a reminder, I am shamelessly, some would say lamentably, sporting Kings of Anglia merchandise as we speak. I'm wearing the KOA men's premium hoodie. Lots of other options available. Um, I've got my uh, Kings of Anglia trucker hat. On my single crutch behind me let's see if i can get that in there we go there's the trucker hat um I'm on one crutch now boys it's a major major step forward and i've also although i have finished the coffee i've got my uh my insulated travel coffee mug and there's stewie snapback which i imagine he's been wearing a lot um so obviously we launched that we launched the merch store on thursday had 20 off offer over the weekend lots of offers flying in the hoodies particularly selling like hotcakes, and it's the last day. Monday today is the last day of the 20% off offer. So, if you want to get yourself some koa merch, get the badge in. Today is the day to do it. Um, I mean, obviously, you're quite happy for you to pay full price, friends, but if you want 20% off, it's today's the last day. Um, so get involved there, get the badge in, support the show. Well, then, friends, EFL awards last night, Tam were up for a, a bunch of awards, a double, as it were. We talked before about how there was no nomination in the player of the year category, scandalously. Um, And they missed out on on that kind of double award they're up for. Kieran McKenna was up for manager of the year, lost out to Stephen Schumacher of Plymouth. And Cameron Humphreys up for young crowd of the year, lost out to Barley Mumba, also of Plymouth. In terms of the team of the year, League One team of the year, Town had two members, Leif Davis and Connor Chaplin. But Arguably, Hutchie, as we've said before, they could have had more. And when, when we talked about this before, we kind of speculated these awards tend to seem to be largely dictated by numbers. Um, which would explain Leif Davis and Conor Chaplin being in the side. But, for example, people like Sam Morsey uh, missing out, Christian Walton missing out, uh, even people like Wes Burns, Broadhead, I know he's been late to the party,
2: but th- there's an argument for a lot of town players to be at least up for mention in this time, isn't there? I think that all that all kind of adds up to the question, how many of these would you swap for mm. what what is what is currently... The Ipswich Town starting eleven, and I think you're probably going to have to say none, aren't you? Really, given the form Town are in, would you swap any of them? No, um, no, uh, probably not. Um, but you you do also, I guess you also have to acknowledge that people like Michael Cooper have had really good seasons. Of course, they've had, but mm. I'm not, I'm not swapping any of them, quite frankly, for the current Ipswich Town team. Um. If you, if you wanted me to put a team together to go out and face Barnsley tomorrow night, I think I'd go Ipswich in every single one of those
1: positions, quite frankly.
0: Any thoughts on this team of the year, Stewie?
1: I can't get past the configuration of it as a graphic to start with. That's that's triggering me big time. <laughs> I, believe I believe Davis, is, uh, a Davis yeah. is a right-sided <laughs> centre-back and then yeah. we've got Santos playing at left-back. Yeah that just that sends a shiver up my spine immediately. Yeah. Why is Windass playing as the 9 and Clark Harrison in, in the hole? um Yeah, I I understand sometimes you have to do a little bit of crowbarring to put people in that are not necessarily playing that position. I I'll I'll, I'll give you Chaplin sort of playing a bit bit more out towards the left if you need to get him in, but that was the first, that was my immediate first thought. Um Codahurahan that's the player in that that's the player
2: in the team that surprised me the most
1: yeah Uh, is there a little bit of sort of names coming into it there again when the people who sort of pick these are probably not watching league one football Hmm. week in week out so you say it's stats driven and it's also sometimes sadly a little bit reputation driven as well and it's Bannon and it's Hurahain although Morsi's name isn't exactly uh shouldn't be a surprise with his championship experience but Sheffield Wednesday fans will probably tell you that Byers has been a more important player to them than Bannon and the fact that their collapse has happened with him out would would back that up. Derby fans would probably tell you that McGoldrick should be in there with the numbers that he's got this season. Um, yes, yeah, it's always difficult, isn't it? But yeah, I'd, I'd certainly have Morsi in there um, and I think Walton, uh, you know, you'd have to, back, you have to back your boys, don't you? And I'd have Walton in there as well, definitely. So, um, but yeah, why do they do it now as well? I mean, you're
0: right, Stu, The, the configuration of the side is is the initial uh, impression. that's hard to get by. But what? I mean, we've still got three games left in the season. Why are they doing a team of the season and player of the season stuff now? It's all to as we've discussed
1: plenty of times today. It's all still to be decided. Yeah, and I'm sure the you know, as it stands, you can't argue too much against Stephen Schumacher because Plymouth are top. Exactly. And there'd be an argument that they're doing it with with lesser resources than Ipswich. Uh, you know, not, they're not quite the, the big names in terms of clubs in in this division. So you ca- you can't massively argue against it here and now. But if Ipswich go on to win the league, and this is McKenna's first first ever full mm. season as a football manager, as it is for Schumacher as well. To be fair, um, yeah, it's it's hard to separate those two. Um, and I don't think you can argue with Barley Mumba, you know, over over Humphreys given his impact and the amount of games he's played for for Plymouth this season as well.
0: Hmm. It does feel though as if people have just gone, who's who's top, uh, who's who's leading all the stats. Let's uh, let's whack them in the side. Let's give Manager of the Year to the, the guy who's top of the league at the moment. Um, it does feel a bit like that. Uh, any any other thoughts on that, Hutchie, Before we move on to quite a large elephant in the room, which we need to uh, we need to discuss.
2: Um, no. No, other than just to mention George Edmondson, who um, was up the Community Player of the Year. Didn't I didn't win that one. I think Omar Beckles mm-hmm. of, of Leighton Orient won that, um, but a great achievement to be nominated. Nidris el um was yeah, in the league two, yeah. league two Team of the Year, wasn't he? Which mm-hmm. um, which is a great achievement for, for someone. Who, I'm really pleased that he's played a full season of football because so many of his loans have ended with knee ligament injuries or just not playing anywhere near the what the plan was. So for him to play a full season and play a part in what is now a, a title win, they wrapped up the title at the weekend as well. So a uh, great achievement from him.
0: Don't talk to me about knee ligament injuries. They make me go cold. Um, what kind of, what kind of, in terms of Idris el he's obviously always had a great season there. What kind of, what kind of future or part do you think he has to play at Town Boys? Again, probably a bit of an unfair question,
1: which I've not warned you about, but think on it now. Well, He's kind of redefined his position a little bit by all accounts. He's gone to Leyton Orient and was seen as as more of a an eight slash ten an attack minded midfielder. And he's gone there and played as a sort of a box to box deeper lying number four and been very good at it. It doesn't surprise me. And he's not having this. (laughs) I don't like
2: it. I don't like it. What, what, what
1: would you, what, what that,
2: labels would you like me to apply? You've, you've said you've said you've said it. Deep lying box to box midfielder doesn't need the number. Okay, it's not for it's not for me. But you crack on, boy. <laughs> I, you will. Crack on, boy. I will.
1: I um, will. I'm now going to use it more just to annoy Please you. Do. Um, yeah, he's gone there and and shown that he's got other sides to his game, and it doesn't surprise me because I, I I've seen that he's got that physical element to his game. He he looked sort of uh, in. Last season, when he when he got a few games, he looked like he you know he can get stuck in as well. So, yeah, the latent Orient fans are unified in their their praise of him. I saw Darren Prattley did an interview after their promotion, a very strange promotion at Gillingham the other night, where they both. Uh, <laughs> do you see that? What yeah. happened? So Gillingham yeah. were t- Gillingham two 0 up, um, which meant that they were safe. Results elsewhere meant Orient were going up. There was a floodlight failure which delayed the game. So by the time the game restarted, everything else had finished. So they knew okay. they knew what was required. So they just uh, passed the ball around for ten minutes. There was t- opposition players hugging each other off the ball and, and things like that, all a bit weird. But anyway, Orient went up, and then Darren Prattley, who's kind of been there and done it, and various promotions at different levels, was um, was fulsome in his praise of Idris and sort of said he's, he can see him playing at, at the very top. So very interesting to see how he fits in with Ipswich. Next year, Mm. he's got uh, another year left, plus plus an option. Um, There will be plenty of interest in him. Um, But Ipswich are are pretty well stacked with central midfielders, aren't they? So it's it's hard to know which way that's going to go. Stu, I'll tell you,
2: I'm going to go back to the numbers thing. I'm sorry. So (laughs) you've got got four, six and eight as central midfielders there. Who's playing at centre-back and what numbers
1: are they wearing? Look, I didn't invent this. um, I'm not going to kick back on this at all. Uh, you're, I pe- like...
2: you're peddling it though, mate. You're peddling it.
1: For yeah, people. yeah, I am. It's uh, it's it's, a, it's an example of yeah football cliches just going into my brain through osmosis, and I should I should I should give it some more thought. But also, I actually, you're a, you're
0: a noted pedant on on numbers, aren't you? In in football,
1: so six and four, centre half. Si- you happy with six for centre half?
2: Uh, four very for midfield.
1: Happy. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. are they interchangeable? I would say that they're the only two numbers in football. Yeah. That I'm I'm quite comfortable with being interchangeable. Yeah. yeah, but I wouldn't want them playing together as a
2: central midfield duo because that's if it. it yeah, I, I'm no better than I'm. I've, I've got my I've got my own issues, and and that and so and that's Sam Morsi
1: wearing five, Zidane yeah. wearing five. Where, where do you stand on on five? Creeping um, further up the pitch.
2: I think Zidane. I think Zidane can pull that off because he's Zidane, and there are some rare there are some rare examples in in football history where it can be pulled off by Zidane. Um, Morsi has his his reasons for wearing five, and I respect people who have solid reasons for for doing things. It's not natural, but uh, <laughs> but, wow. but but not his reasons Just it's not five is not a natural central midfield number but i'm o- i'm okay with it um but put it this way if i saw a central midfield of of <laughs> oh, i don't know where i'm even going with this yeah, keep it, going, mate. Like they, they don't they, they don't even wear they don't even wear numbers one to 11 anymore so it's a yeah. complete it's a complete moot point because you can you can do whatever you want but um if you had in in the one to eleven, if you had a three-man central midfield of six, eight, and four, you're then going to have to have a centre back wearing. I don't know. I think you can get away with two as a centre back. You could wear that, but then what's your right back wearing? It's,
1: Ideally, yeah. in this it's, team, uh, we've gone down a rabbit hole here. Let's continue yeah. with it. Ideally, in this team, <laughs> we want Walton on with one. We want Clark on two. We want Davis on three. Wolfenden on six. I like a ball-playing centre half wearing a six is fine yeah. with me. Burgess is would be your number five. Yeah, that's that's left, a head. left
2: footer. A left footer in a five is great as well. I'll be honest. A
1: left-sided, yeah. a left foot suits a centre back five. Okay, five to me is just a, a head it and kick it centre half. No and nonsense. And then yeah, Morsi would really be an eight if we if we we're in yep. the current lineup, wouldn't he? Longo yep. would be your four. Yep, he has worn yeah. four, and I believe Morsi has worn eight in the past as well broadhead to take 11 then we got burns chaplin fine and then your sh- you striker with the nine be it her the yeah there we are Happy i with might that? i might edit this entire part of the podcast out
2: of <laughs> <If, laughs> <Absolutely. if I, laughs> really no. people honest,
0: will have it, people have strong views just like yourself actually i'm sure yeah probably this is probably we the thing we'll get the most we, feedback we meet
2: that. up together and talk <laughs> about it
0: What's the biggest crime to numbers in football history, Hutchie? You must have some that have really, really ground um, your
2: Colored colored Boolaroos wore number nine at centre-half for Ooh. for Chelsea. William Gallas wore number 10 at centre-half for Arsenal. Um, not into that. Um, Clint Dempsey's wore number two previously. Not into that. Where do you stand on ridiculously um, high numbers? How high? Well, 60 and above. It's just completely unnecessary, isn't it? Absolutely, uh, awesome. it, it very much is unnecessary, unless you've got a squad of that many players, which is also mm. unnecessary. Um, yeah, unnecessary. Leave this in though, Hotch. I'm,
0: I'm gonna say this now, so you have to work <laughs> really hard to cut it out. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that chat about numbers, friends. Um, which has remained steadfastly in the podcast, I'm trusting.
2: Um, so there we go. Well, then, friends, D- we have to. What? <laughs> just because we never edit any of this out ever it's gonna stay. it's gonna stay just like everything else has always stayed it it remains and is committed
0: to history as part of this show right friends we have to address quite a large elephant in the room now um which is something that you would have seen over the weekend if you engage with our content uh and we know a lot of you were engaging with it or trying to at least over the weekend um so last week the East Anglian Daily Times, for the first time in its history, launched a digital subscription, which means that essentially um, you can pay to access ad light and ad free versions of our articles. It's three pounds for three months. That gets you gets you access to an ad light website, which is eighty percent less advertising than it would otherwise have. And also, and this is the real thing that I'm really excited about is the is the app because that is completely ad-free. Um, now, clearly, the concept of asking people to pay to read content that had previously been free will cause issues. And we understand that. We're used to it ourselves, aren't we? We, we expect to get content online for free. But unfortunately, this is this is probably, what, 15, 20 years too late? Um, and essentially, it's something that we, we have to do, friends, to for kind of the, the future of our industry if i just explain briefly the kind of business model around journalism i'll try and do this quickly because i, I can have this chat for hours i've been a journalist for almost quarter of a century and this has constantly been in discussion pretty much i would say since day one maybe give or take a couple of years so ad- advertising has traditionally funded journalism so we, we journalists write the content and the advertising pays the wages My advertisers come to you they say you sell 60,000 copies of the paper a day. I'm talking quite a long time ago now. We want to get involved in that. You help us to advertise our brand to all these people who are buying and reading the paper. This is what we will pay you. And clearly, obviously, there's a cover price in there as well, which which helps raise money. Now, as we all know, paper sales have been going like Norwich City in the championship at the moment, like this. And friends, there's not a lot that we can do about that. That's a cultural thing. People just don't buy newspapers anymore because, and I'm the same as, as many of you, I work in newspapers and I can't remember the last time I bought a paper. I don't know why I would ever buy a paper because they're out of date pretty much as soon as they hit the street. So I can totally understand that people not buying papers. My mum and dad, who are 76, religiously buy a paper because that's a habit. But I think culturally newspapers, sadly, are declining. And that's clearly the case. In the meantime, web views have been going like this, which is great. But unfortunately, to make money out of web views, we have to throw advertising on our websites. Now, clearly, we know it's an issue because a lot of you have talked to us about it before. Our, our websites at the moment are stock full of ads, and it does make the user experience quite a negative one. And it's something we moan about ourselves. You get autoplay videos, things popping up you're not interested in, all that kind of stuff. So we've listened to you, friends, and we said we can take the advertising away, and we've done that. But for us to kind of make up the shortfall if you like and to continue to give you the journalism that that you want and clearly enjoy we have to make up that shortfall by asking you to pay for an ad light or an ad free version of of what we do so that there really is the kind of reasoning behind it um three pounds for three months is to start off with as i say 80 percent less ads on the website completely ad free on the app and we understand friends that when you're used to not paying for stuff and you suddenly are asked to pay for stuff it's a bit of a, a bit of a mindset change and i can understand people saying i'm not going to do that but what we hope is that you will support what we do um because we are here to provide a service but equally we're also here to get paid which is quite a big part of uh, of my life and all of us as professional journalists so that really is, is the reasoning behind it um, i appreciate there were some issues with registration and subscription, people trying to sign up over the weekend. We know a lot of you did, which is great. Um, those issues now have been ironed out, um, and that will be the case going forward. Um, so that there is a brief potted history of why we're doing it and the issues facing journalism. I shall now stop talking, and let the boys say anything they want to say.
2: First thing I'd say is that the app looks good. Looks really it does, good. Yeah. It, it, it feel, it's a really. We know that our user experience hasn't been great, don't we? Mm. In terms, in terms of the website, like you say, we see it, we see it ourselves. So I'd, I'd really, I'd really say that the app looks really good, and that's some, that's something that's worth looking into. And I think, Mark, it's also worth talking about what, what the future looks like for the pod in terms of that as well. Because mm. I think there's been some concerns about that, hasn't there?
0: Yeah. So the, the audio version of the podcast will obviously remain free. We don't want it to take that away from people we've got a big audience there but um we know equally that there's a lot of people who, who like to watch the video and that is going to be part of the subscription going forward if you want to watch the video um then you're going to have to sign up to the the digital subscription uh, as i say three pounds for three months 25p a week hopefully people would not consider that to be too much of a, of a demand even in today's kind of struggling times for many people um, so that will be the way we're going to do the podcast going forward um, so, yeah, is there anything you, you, you want to say, Stu? Because I guess the other, th- the other thing that we've seen over the weekend, apart from people just saying, I'm not going to pay for it, and we're going to get people, because that's the culture, um, has essentially been allegations that we're being greedy by um, asking people to pay for our content. And it feels weird because in no other job do you have to justify asking people to pay for the product you're producing. You wouldn't walk into a pub and go, that pint, can I have it for free? I don't fancy paying, or I don't want to pay for that car, I just want it. Um, and obviously, there's a cultural thing there because people have been used to getting stuff free for so long. Um, but it's certainly not a greedy money grab, I can absolutely guarantee that it's absolutely necessary for the future of journalism going forward that people pay for what we produce.
1: Yes, an uncomfortable one to talk about this, isn't it? Because mm. it's hard to. Discuss it without sounding a bit like a dick is what I feel like. Um, Are you just saying
0: I've just basically spent no, five minutes no, sounding no, like a dick? No, you've no, you've very <laughs> articulately, you've me. very
1: articulately sort of pointed out gently why why we need to do this. Mm. Um, yeah, please pay for something that we produce. That kind of yeah, might stoke up the imposter syndrome in me. My 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 go-to thing is to be like, no, that's fine if you don't want it. No, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely if you don't think it's the the quality you want. I guess the, the thing that people would throw back is, well, if you went into a pub and said, can I have this for free? And they said, no, they go, well, actually there's somewhere down the road that is giving away a pint for free. So we'll go there instead. Our argument would be that actually our, our beer is a bit nicer than the beer <laughs> down the road or whatever. I don't know. Um All of the stuff that you can get elsewhere, we will still be putting, won't be behind a paywall. Anything from press conferences, as as you boys have said, the podcast as an audio version will still go out for for nothing. Um, match reports, the the live coverage on on game day, all of that won't be behind the sort of the hard paywall. It will just be the extra little bits and pieces that take that little bit more time that have us up till late writing the opinions and ratings and and all that sort of stuff that that. Um, you can't get elsewhere. That uh, yeah, we'll, there'll just be the extra bits and pieces. So, just see if you want to sort of join our little club and support what we're doing. As, as you've said, it works out at twenty five p a week, and we'll let you in on a little secret. There's probably going to be quite a few offers along the way. If you've if you've subscribed to the Athletic and pe- others like that along the way, you'll know that there's there's never an offer too far away. And if you listen to the pod, we'll try we'll try and give you a little heads up along the way when there's wasn't when there's an offer coming can can i say that i have steward's <laughs> trying to give stuff away for free. here here
2: we go hey, as i say mate, we don't edit anything out of this <laughs> yeah. so you've said it now it's in
0: <laughs> there we go essentially though the, the key message is listen we know advertising is annoying we know lots of you find it really hard to use the website take that away gonna need you to pay a nominal amount to do that uh, but it's a much improved usual experience that app on its own is certainly worth i'd say a pound a month because you can read all the stuff we put together totally free of adverts and that so that friends is the reason that's happening that's something that will be happening going forward and as sherry says we'd like you to support us if you can on the journey hopefully you see the value in what we do if not i'm gonna to have to find something else to do i might have to start that only fans i've been threatening for a while um and i'm not i'm not sure that will give me uh the sort of lifestyle I've I'm, I've become used to through through journalism so far, boys. So uh, I don't know. Please uh, stop me from having to do that by paying three pound for three months. There's the there's the, there's the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> are we
1: using that in the in I think we are in the marketing. Yeah, we'll get that. What are the burglars it, called from the wet band? The wet band that can be our that's probably our. OnlyFans name isn't it? <laughs> no, mate. We're, we're not collaborating on OnlyFans.
2: Like yeah. I know, I know we do everything together, Stu. But that, joint, there might be a
0: joint OnlyFans. Oh dear, oh dear. Anyway, uh, there we go, friends. That was the elephant in the room. We had for Can wrestling. we also
1: point out that the launch of the merch stuff is purely coincidental? Yeah. I, I know yeah. it's unfortunate, really, but yeah. you basically that was born out of you having just had your knee surgery and being really mm. bored. Yeah, and so you just you just set that up because it's something we've talked about for a little while, but it, and and then all of a sudden, we were told, oh yeah, and the the digital stuff's get the subscription stuff's getting launched next week, and it, it does look a little bit like a a cynic give us your money yeah uh, moment, um, completely coincidental, and I, I'd like to think you know that we're uh, we're pretty open and telling the truth on that one.
0: Yeah, you dubbed last Thursday the Bob Geldof day, didn't you, Stu? And it all kind <laughs> of seemed to kind of conspire to launch at the same time. Just give us your money. Um, but hopefully, but please, please do give us your money. Mm. <laughs> all right then, friends, that's that move. Let's let's draw a line under that. And obviously, we'll talk about that, address that um, as much as we can going forward. And if, if you want to ask us any questions about it, hit us up on social media. I know a lot of you were doing that over the weekend. And we'll try and answer any questions and explain as much as we can why we're doing it. Um, next up, Stu, we've said it's all about the next game. We don't want to get too far of our, ahead of ourselves. Unlike me, who wants to get very high, far ahead of himself and talk about who might be playing in the championship next season, where players are going to fit. Um, away at Barnsley, Stu, this is a game that clearly was, was postponed last month because of, as it turned out, only two international call-ups. Um, I, I didn't like it at the time. And I probably uh, I probably do quite like it now, given the run that Tam has been on. Um it's easy, isn't it, to say that in hindsight. I can Captain Hindsight. Um but this this game at Barnsley, although Barnsley, you would say now are long shots for the top two. No easy games, Stu. And this one is not going to be an easy game. Barnsley, they've won nine in a row at home. Um, And a certain, obviously, there's narrative around a certain Mr. James Norwood, who, if you watch our Meet the Opposition video with Roscoe, again, three pounds, three months, you can watch that. Um, The uh, the guy he spoke to from the Barnsley podcast says, Norwood has been fantastic for them this season in terms of leadership and kind of an old head on the pitch. So how are we feeling about this, Stu? You're going to Barnsley on a Tuesday night.
1: How buzzing are you? Excited. Oakwell is normally well down the list, I'll be honest, of places I'm excited to go to. I think I've talked about them having the worst toilet experience in the Football (laughs) League. Um, It does feel a little bit like stepping back in time when I've gone to Oakwell before, but I am up for this. I'm excited. Um, Yeah, they've won nine in a row at home and they've beat Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday in that run. Ipswich's form we know about. Ipswich have gone to, to Derby and mm. to Peterborough and to Bolton and won on the road. So uh, this is a hell of a clash and you only have to look at the table to see what's at stake. It was very, it was very easy to start thinking, oh, Barnsley are out of it now. Um, they're six points behind. If they win this game, it's three points. Three-point gap with two to play and then that suddenly puts a bit of pressure on Ipswich having to to win their, their last two games to be mathematically sure. So um, it's going to be a big ask for Ipswich to go again after what they put into the game on Saturday. But as Kieran McKenna said, I, I trust the boys, I believe in them. And um, yeah, they, they burnt that belief and trust, haven't they?
2: Mm.
1: Actually, how you feel about your impending trip to Barnsley?
2: Very, I've never been. So I'm looking forward to seeing the, the world that Stu has uh, uh, described there. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's huge, isn't it? We we all we always hoped that the game getting switched to this point would mean it would be a, a titanic clash because when it got switched, it, it switched were yet to kind of truly motor their way back into like the position there. They, they weren't in this position back then. They were mm. like, right. And we really hoped that it would get to this position at this point of the season and this game would be as massive as it is. As it's turned out, it's... It's Ipswich that are on the, the, the front foot. They're second um, and they shouldn't have any fear of it. They don't fear big atmospheres. They've shown that in the past. They don't fear playing on the road against good teams. They've shown that in the past. Um, looking forward to seeing what the atmosphere is like because I've seen a few Barnsley games on the TV and it's been brilliant. Um, there's going to be 5,000 Ipswich fans in there, which will, of course, add an element to that as well. Um I'm just really excited. Like all these Ipswich games at the moment, just really excited to see what it brings. On a scale of 1 to
0: 10, Stu, how uh, how wary are you of, of Mr Norwood? How how uh, inevitable is it that he'll have some part to play in this game, either scoring, getting sent off, doing something, which we're talking about on Wednesday morning?
1: I <clears throat> no guarantee he'll start is the first mm. thing I'd say. He didn't start their last game. They had Teditch and Cole up front. Um but he'll definitely ha- he'll be on the pitch at some stage, and I'm sure he'll be in the manager's ear saying he's uh, he wants to be starting in this one. We talked a lot about Willie he, he Mcaulay, Bond celebrate against his former <laughs> club when Charlton came to town. I can guarantee damn tea that James Norwood would celebrate this one, and, um, yeah. and I would imagine he might even have something that he's, he's choreographed or got in mind. Should it should he do so? Um, yeah, it does feel a bit like the, the character that uh, we know with, with James Norwood that he'll be bang up for this one. Did you see his celebration against Forrest Green the other week? I mean, that no. goes back to some beef against Forest Green that goes back about, like more than a decade, and he still remembers <laughs> that and is cupping his ears to the fans and, and things like that. So, um, yeah. Uh, look, Ipswich have kept Johnson Clark Harris quiet, as we said at the very start of this one. Am I Am I fearful of James Norwood? No, I'm I'm respectful of him being a good player and, and a goal scorer. I think he's got ten this season, but I also have equal belief in in Ipswich Town.
2: Hmm. Hutchy, how are you feeling? Same as I was a couple of minutes ago, mate. Feeling excited, feeling good, um, particularly about Norwood. I mean, he he will he oh, about should, Norwood. He
0: will and he should celebrate. If he do, if he does, score, yeah. If he does
2: score. Of course he will. Of course he will. The yeah. thing with that forest green that I liked about that forest green celebration is that he did it in front of the tiniest little stand where there were, like three rows of people, none of whom were giving him any jip whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> and he... But yeah, he baffled. was. Yeah. He was still like going down. <laughs> you're, going, you're going down. None of them. None of the fans. they batted an eyelid, eyelids, but he remembers. Um, yeah even if he's not on the pitch he'll be he'll be in the ear of the assistant referee while he's out warming up or trying to have a go at some town players from the from the touchline while he's stretching out hmm. um they've got other good players too um so yeah he, uh, same as Stu, really not respectful but it's not kind of there's no there's a no great fear over him um i think town town have shown they can handle strikers like him pretty well of late so uh I'd hope they could do the same again. And even if he does score, Town are capable of scoring more goals than Barnsley as well. So you have to go into these games with the confidence that you have in in this Ipswich team on your back rather than any
1: fear over any opposition. That that's how good Town have been. Mm. If, yeah. As Andy says there's there's other threats in this team that probably warrant more of a discussion for the team going into this game than and James Norwood, Luca Connell, I think is is probably their key man. He sort of sits at the base of the midfield. Is that is their playmaker? Can can they stop him? Uh, Mads Anderson, their big centre half, got into the into the team of the year. So can either Hurst or or Adapo get get the better of him? Um, yeah, two really informed sides, and you could probably go through both both sets of players and come up with some really nice head to head battles all over all over the pitch.
0: Anderson, of course used to play alongside Leif Davis at the back. Um so we'll uh he'll have that insight. Before we get to predictions, boys, um we have to explain, Stu. Um you said the worst toileting experience. Uh people were going, what what's all that about? So why is it so
1: bad? Uh it's just just got no roof. It's just one of those out (laughs) outdoor just like we up a wall with a little trough along by your feet. Um that, that's about it, really. Yeah,
2: sounds like the speedway experience to me. They've they've gone with the speedway package at the uh, at Oakwell. That's not for me at all. I'm a man who's
0: very particular about my toileting environment. Um, I'm not sure I could uh, I could pass water in that scenario. Uh, anyway, friends, we've talked about the wet bandits, ketchup udders, and now we're talking about wing on a wall. Let's move on to predictions, shall we, friends? Um, Hutchy, what's going to happen?
2: How many goals are Tang going to win this one by, baby? What? This is a I'll be honest. I, I, I wouldn't a draw. I think I'd be happy with a draw for town in this game. Absolutely, would be. Um, it would it would put them oh. still in a, still in a strong position. Um there's a lot kind of heart and head pulling one way and another in this one. I I, 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 I think town might edge it though. I really do. I, I think I am going to go for a two one Ipswich win, but honestly, a, a draw. I think a draw would be absolutely fine for for, for town
0: a draw would potentially send it, of course, down to the the final day. Fingers would be, would be
1: bitten. Um, Stevie, what are you saying prediction-wise? Again, yeah, a draw is, is a good result for Ipswich um, because it takes Barnsley out of the equation there. It keeps the six point gap. It keeps it very much in Ipswich's hands. So it would need them needing a win and a draw from Exeter and Fleetwood, which I'd feel, feel pretty good about. Um, and I, I think I will predict a draw. I think there's just very little to separate these two sides. Um, it's coming hot off the heels of a of a game that Ipswich put a lot of energy into at, at Peterborough. So, yeah, a score draw, one-one, something like that. Hmm. Worth reflecting, as we've already mentioned, Barnsley have won nine in a row at home. So
0: if Town do manage to get the win, that would be a a pretty special. Yeah,
1: they've won 14 of their up. last 19. Yeah, So that gives that they're in you know, pretty damn close to uh, Ipswich's form, really, over a prolonged period of time. They're a good team. So, um, And Oakwell sounds like it's a a pretty lively place as well at the moment in terms of atmosphere and everything. So Mm. um, I know, you know, it'd be really nice if Ipswich could win and then seal the job in front of a packed Portman Road on Saturday. That that would be great. But honestly, I'm still at the stage where I just... Just get it done. It'd be lovely for them to win the league. It'd be lovely for them to do it in front of their own fans, but just get up in the top two. Um, I, I get be fine the sense, too.
0: You're, you're kind of almost personally not wanting to look ahead in, for, for, for fear of jinxing yeah. it somehow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly how I feel. Yeah. It's yeah, exact, It's exactly how I feel. It's that still got that little bit of that emotional armour on just to mm. not yeah, protect yourself. Um and I, and I shouldn't really, because the team has proven itself. The team has wiped away so many of these doubts and worries. But get get over this next last big hurdle, and then and then I might start to relax and loosen up a little bit. So Hutchie saying two you one. You're saying one one. Um, what else is there to talk about,
0: friends, in terms of the uh, the whole experience before we take our leave? How are things? I guess we get to do the old. Uh, Shirt over Hutch's shoulder, just across the uh, across the T's and dot the eyes. It's a uh, sort of maroon slash burgundy sort of number, is it? Is that fair yep. to say? That is um, very
2: very fair to say.
0: With a white collar, white sponsor. Looks like it's saying.
1: I mean, I mean, it says Fortuna across the front of the shirt. Oh, is I that what it says? Is that is that too <laughs> obvious? Fortuna. Yeah, it is, it is, it too, is obvious.
2: too obvious. Yeah, it's too obvious. It's okay. not Fortuna, why? just sort of. But it
1: says it... Fortuna or Fortuna. It does say it.
2: Okay. For- Fortuna. Is it a German Tide then? No. Uh,
1: it's Nike. I'm terrible uh, at this game. I don't know why I play this game. I'm useless at it. Um, uh, yeah, no, I'm out. I'm sorry. Here it comes. Oh,
0: it's got stripes on it as well. White stripes.
2: Little pin stripes. I can't see what it Sparta... says. Sparta. Sparta Prague, is it? Sparta Prague. Oh, there okay. we go. Nice. Little thing on the back there.
0: It's a Lesnar Sparta. No idea oh, what that means.
2: It. But it's
0: provocative. And then you've got rid of that, Hutch, immediately there we see this season's which Town shirt, uh, home shirt hanging behind you, which I think can only be a good omen and a good way to, to finish the
1: podcast. Anything else to mention, boys? Anything else uh, you want to talk about? I did enjoy the mascots walking behind Kieran McKenna's club interview forlornly at the end. If you've if you haven't seen that, go and check that out. It's little. his club interview. Um, they have a couple of builders. I don't quite know what what why they've got a couple of sort of uh, Bob the Builder type mascots, and then they've got like a white rabbit that swings a swings a carrot around an oversized carrot bit, sort of Donny Darko esque. Um, they were giving it full beans before the game, trying to wind up the away fans. And the day ended with them walking, <laughs> sad, sad little mascots walking back past Kieran McKenna at the how end. Is, how um, does a rabbit relate to Peterborough? I don't, I don't get that. How's that? They used to have the the posh man and lady, didn't they? The man who'd come out in his full top hat and yeah. and everything in his full regalia. Yeah, I, I
2: might be speaking under out of turn here, but I, I. I, I don't know if the posh man is still with us. Okay. Oh. Which might oh, okay. explain, this might explain the rap, the rabbit and it's, um, suggestive carrot. That's quite a leap from a posh
0: man to a rabbit. Um, kind of fits the, the tone of this podcast, really. We've been all over the place today. Uh, friends, that brings us to the end of the show. It's an hour as it stands. Although by the sound of it at the time Hutchie's done, his cutting. It might be about half an hour long, um, gets rid of all the things he, he doesn't like that we talked about today. Um, friends, Obviously, you a to support our sponsors. Use the code KO8manscape.com for 20% off and free delivery all that excellent clobber, especially that Weed Whacker 2.0, which we saw Hutchie so memorably test drive on this very video uh, a couple of weeks ago. Go back and watch that if you've not. One Weed Whacker up one nose, one up the other, and the Weed Whacker 2.0 definitely emerged. Victorious. And also support, of course, Ginger Pickle. Our friends at Ginger Pickle, we just re-upped with them today. So if you need any sort of help with your Google Ads, your digital marketing, your SEO, Google Ginger Pickle, find out how to get your pickle ginger and hook up with Tony Southgate and the boys at Ginger Pickle. And also, friends, one final plug, the Kings of Anglia merch, 20% off for the rest of the day. Get yourself some clobber because town on the verge of doing something they've not done for a quarter of a century, and it seems only right. As well as obviously supporting the club badge, you support Kings of Anglia when you're celebrating in the street and uh, lifting lifting an insulated coffee cup. To, to the celebrations we do do by the way beer mugs as well with a koa badge on that would be the perfect way to celebrate wouldn't it there we go um just saying hashtag just saying 20 off on on the uh, on the shop today we'll share the links there right friends that brings us to the end of a uh, of a show where we've covered a lot of ground we've covered Ipswich town winning at posh we've covered the efl awards we've covered quite a serious chat around the big elephant in the room which we hope we're going to support us with and we've looked ahead to barnsley the terrible toileting facilities and james norwood all wrapped up in one we also heard the term ketchup udder uh, and obviously we've got a new nickname for the boys the wet bandits if you go into the game tomorrow enjoy it if you're not follow it all with us and we'll be back later on the week to talk all about it friends have a great one